Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the final three episodes of The Milkman of St. Gaffs. Thank you to all of those who made it all the way to the end with me. And a very special thank you to patrons. This wouldn't have been possible without you. Many of you have been with me for quite some time now, and that really means a lot to me. I'd also like to thank everyone at Rusty Quill for their support. It's been a pleasure working with you, especially Callum and Tom. If you have enjoyed the show, consider making a donation on Coffee. Just look up Coffee, K-O-F-I, and Howie Milkman. Patreon is still there if you want to get a Department of Lactic Affairs mug, etc. And on that note, here's a shout-out to the new patrons. Today we have Shay C. Cooper, Milkman White Badge, 
Grant Bacon, Department of Lactic Affairs radio clerk. Thank you very much. Evil Clown Rat, Apprentice. And Kimberly Pritchard, Milkman, White Badge. Thank you very much for supporting the show, and thank you very much for listening. It's time for The Milkman of St. Gav's, starring Howie the Milkman. I was pretty preoccupied at work for a while after, thinking about all that stuff with my mother. I guess I felt pretty proud of myself in a way for showing such superhuman restraint. But still, it felt weird because I knew that from that time on, even though she didn't live all that far from me, I knew I'd never see her again. Today, I was doing my rounds in the gloomy, early winter mist. It was the same old town that it had always been, the same old laneways, the same old chimneys, the same slightly sour smell. But somehow, I felt lately like I'd just woken up for the first time, and like I was seeing it all for the first time. And what was it that I saw? A dreary neighborhood in a town where most of the men were off fighting somewhere, and I was here trying to build a life as a milkman with a girl who thought well of me. Is this what I wanted? I didn't really know, and it didn't really matter, since it seemed the die had been cast and my path was set. After work, I was feeling a bit restless, so instead of going home, I wandered down to the banks of the River Kirsten and watched as it tried its best to flush all that filth and sludge out to sea. The trees were bare, and even though it wasn't so cold out, it was damp, and the wet was going right through my clothes. Sometimes it all seemed so ordinary and small, climbing the job ladder to a job in a white building downtown. Stormy had all kinds of projects for fixing up the house. She was talking about getting a puppy. I'd never wanted such a regular life. I craved adventure and intrigue, but on the other hand, Stormy was suspected of subversion and could get into a lot of trouble if she got caught. I didn't think my darling girl was a subversive, though. Her father was definitely up to no good, but I thought I knew her pretty well, and I really got the sense that she wanted me to do well at my job, which was really sweet of her. On the other hand, there was this constant, nagging problem. I knew she'd been receiving coded letters from somewhere, so, like I said, I hatched a plan just to make sure. If she was innocent, everything would go back to normal, and then I'd reveal the secret source of phlogisterion that Frank had found. I was pretty sure I knew what it was, but I couldn't get at it right away. I was afraid Stan would do something to Stormy if I left Ming's bite without proving she was innocent. He really seemed to have it out for her for some reason or other. I'd snuck some blueprints for the crepusculator out of the experimental labs, and I left them in the house. If she found them and tried to smuggle them out to the enemy, I'd know all about it and I'd have no choice but to report it to Stan. If she were innocent, we'd continue along trying to get to know each other and grow closer after being thrown together in such weird circumstances. 
I kicked an old bottle into the river and watched it sink down beneath the black, oily waves. And then I remembered with horror, I was supposed to be cleaning the bottling machine after work today. We'd gotten a tip that an inspector was coming by and Dwyer demanded that I do a deep clean. He'd gotten the young guy, Brainerd, to spray, but I was going to be in big trouble if I didn't get the bottling machine clean. I walked back to the station as fast as I could. All my wistful thoughts were shunted aside like so much old trash. I cursed Dwyer for interfering with my solitary walking reveries, the only times I really felt like myself. Luckily, Dwyer had already left for the day, which was weird because it was his rear end on the line if we failed the inspection, but that's just the kind of boss he was. He drove everyone hard except himself. Corwin never had any problem getting down on his hands and knees and scrubbing with us milkmen. He wasn't afraid of getting his hands dirty. He was a real leader, not like Dwyer. Brainerd, of course, was young and new, and it all seemed so big and important to him. He reminded me of myself when I was just a green Tyro. Point the nozzle away from your face, son. I was glad I could help guide the new generation but I resented missing my afternoon with Stormy. To tell you the truth, I had no idea how to clean a bottling machine. It was attached to the big milk vat, so I took the lid off. The vat was big, maybe 20 or 30 feet across, and there was a mechanism for hoisting the lid up so you could clean the inside. So I turned the crank, and the lid was raised up. It didn't look too dirty to me. I got some buckets of water and went up the stairs. Of course, the vat was high up and the bottles got attached below. I poured some soap in and then threw a few buckets of water in there to rinse it out. Everything was going fine until it was time to put the lid back down. I couldn't do it. The crank was stuck. I tried and tried. In fact, I pulled on the stupid thing so hard that it made a weird noise and then wouldn't move at all. I couldn't show any weakness in front of Brainerd, so I just walked off like everything was fine. I tripped on the stupid bucket I'd left there, but I don't think the kids saw. I walked out into the afternoon light with Brainerd, who was done spraying and cleaning out the milk hole, which was particularly dirty in this station for some reason. Brainerd was yawning. That was a good day today, kiddo. You keep up that pace and you'll have a red badge before you know it. Thanks, I don't know why I'm so tired. And I noticed then that he had pretty dark circles under his eyes for such a youngster. Listen, Brainerd, you have to take this job one day at a time. Believe me, I know what it's like to just throw yourself into it and burn the candle at every end. But if you don't take a bit of time for yourself now and then, you're going to sleep in one day by accident and Dwyer will be really mad. Take it from one who knows. Don't push yourself too hard. Thanks, Howie. I was feeling pretty important just then, and that feeling only intensified when a big black car with a department logo on the side pulled up. Get in, Mr. Coxwell, the driver said. And so there I was, watching the world go by out the window of the car, all the way to the experimental labs. The guy escorted me to Stan's office. Not all the way. I had to climb the ladder myself. Howie, any updates about what we spoke about last time? You mean about how Dwyer never cleans out his milk hole? Uh, no, Howie. I already scheduled an inspection, as I told you last time. I mean about the phlogisterian and about Stormy. 
I really don't think we have anything to worry about with Stormy, really. I think it was all just a big misunderstanding. I wish I could be as sanguine as you, Howie. But as you know, the crepusculator is still not working. Whoever interfered with it seems to have known exactly what they were doing. Oh, I don't think so. And the blueprints are missing as well. Oh, well, I'm sure they'll turn up soon. I realized that I probably shouldn't have said that, so I quickly changed the subject. I do have a few ideas about where Frank might have found the phlogisterian. I might have to take a few days off, though, to find it. Why don't you just tell me your thoughts and we'll send someone to investigate? Well, sir, with all due respect, us seekers, we do things our own way. I don't think any regular milkman would be able to find this stuff if it's where I think it is. He shifted around in his seat. Fine, Howie, but make it quick. We know that the enemy is planning an offensive and we want to be ready. You have three days and then you will tell me. Yes, sir. I definitely didn't know if I could pull everything together in the next three days. Little did I know at the time how important these next few days would be and how little sleep I'd get. Stan must have been pretty much reading my thoughts, though. And another thing, Howie, how have you been sleeping? Oh, I never sleep all that well, sir. Part of being a seeker, I guess. I'm tormented by nightmares pretty much every night. I was about to tell him all the horrible dreams I always had about my dad, but he didn't really seem so interested. He told me something about how a lot of milkmen hadn't been sleeping well, but I was sort of tuned out thinking about the blueprints and the nightmares from last night. On the way home, in the car, I daydreamed of walking in the dawn with Stormy along the banks of the broad, majestic Kirsten. All these memories came back to me, walking hand in hand with my parents at the fair that I'd never been to, and those memories sort of attached themselves to the hope I had for me and Stormy. Maybe one day, walking with a little Howie and buying him some cotton candy. I looked out the window. The whole city seemed to slow down in the evening light. I felt like everything was revolving around me just for a second, like time wasn't really there anymore. It was a bit of a premonition that I didn't catch at the time. All my future and all my hopes for the future seemed to be still and quiet and right there in front of me. I got home and I was still filled with that solemn, still moment that I could never explain to Stormy, no matter how much I wanted to. Howie? Howie, are you okay? Sure, just a long day at work, inspection tomorrow and everything. I think I found some of your work papers in my drawer. Blueprints? Thank goodness I smiled. I was right. She was totally innocent. Howie? Yes, I just put them in there for safekeeping. I don't really want you getting into my underwear drawer, okay? And it's not a good place for your papers. I'll bring them back tomorrow. Are you sure you're okay? Definitely. Hey Stormy, do you remember your last dream? No, you know, it's weird, we were talking about that at work today. Everyone seems really tired and no one remembers dreaming at all for the past few weeks. We're all making little mistakes. And it was sort of foreshadowing because just then I smelled smoke. She'd burned our dinner. I tried not to make her feel bad about it, but it was really inedible. Is it horrible? No, I'm just not that hungry. You know, you could try cooking sometime too. I do have a job as well, you know. Hmm, I actually forgot. I have to go see Father Abraxas about something.
Really, it was a total subterfuge. I was hoping to get something decent to eat out on the street. I wandered and wandered, thinking about the day. I drifted this way and that until inadvertently I did end up down by the Cathedral of St. Fleming. I was just finishing up my spicy salami sandwich on the steps, and I was starting to shiver when who should come walking out of the darkened church but Father Abraxas. Howie, what are you doing here? Oh, hi, Father. I was just meaning to ask you. Did you notice that no one is having any dreams anymore? Yes, Howie. And he looked piously up to the moons. As long as the whale bones are extinguished, mankind will not dream. To me, that sounded awful. A lot of the best moments of my life had been dreams. But I'm still having nightmares. He just smiled knowingly and walked off into the yellow winter fog. Of course you are, Howie. Of course you are. I was freezing, I noticed. I should have known better than to sit on those cold steps for so long. But I'd been so caught up in my thoughts that I hardly noticed until now. But anyways, I had to be up early for the milk station inspection in the morning, so I made a beeline for home. When I got to the milk station in the morning, Dwyer was freaking out. I had to be an extra early as some sort of punishment for my sins, so it was just me and him in there. I didn't know why he was so upset since me and Brainerd had cleaned everything up really well. God damn you, Howie! What did you tell Stan? This inspection is your fault. I know it! No way, sir. And why is this goddamn lid still open? Oh, Brainerd broke the crank handle and I couldn't get it back down, but it's clean inside. By the whaler, Howie, one of these days. But anyways, by this point the trucks had come in and the vat was filled with milk. Dwyer was huffing and puffing, pulling on the chain that was connected to the lid, but he wasn't making any progress at all. Damn you, Howie, get up here and help me. I started up the ladder when something totally unexpected happened. Dwyer took a step back and then... Like it was all happening really slowly, he tripped on the bucket I'd forgotten up there, and he fell over the railing and right into the vat of milk. But as a stroke of uncanny luck, he must have pulled something just the right way on the way in, because the lid to the vat finally closed on top of him. Unluckily for Mr. Dwyer, a bunch of things all happened at once right then. I tried to get the lid back off so I could maybe save him, but I couldn't. I heard some splashing and gurgling, and just then Brainerd and the inspector walked in together. The gurgling was mostly subsided. What's that noise? Oh, probably just my stomach. I had a leftover salami sandwich for breakfast. Hmm. There was a bit more thrashing from inside. Obviously, I wasn't going to ruin the inspection by saying that Dwyer was probably drowning in the milk vat. So I flipped the switch on the bottling machine just as the inspector started looking around. The machine made enough noise to cover up whatever was going on inside the vat, and I climbed back down the ladder. And where is Milkman Dwyer? I'm not sure. He told us to be here bright and early. We cleaned everything, so everything should be in order. Very strange. I've never known a milk station manager to be absent for an inspection. I didn't want to get Dwyer in trouble, so I covered for him as best I could. Dwyer was here late last night scrubbing. He's probably just tired, but he has complete confidence in me and my colleague here. 
I see. He wanted me to show Brainerd how to bottle milk. And so, with the watchful eye of the inspector on our back, I showed Brainerd the ropes I'd never learned. It seemed pretty obvious, I guess, put the bottles on the machine as they spun around and filled up with milk, and to my great relief, the milk was all coming out white, so Dwyer at least wasn't bleeding in there. Probably nobody would notice anyways. And so, in a moment of great pride from me and Brainerd, after the inspector examined every nook and cranny, we passed the inspection. It was a moment I'd never forget. I figured at this point I could probably run the whole milk station on my own. Before leaving, I took a last look. The vat stood grey and unyielding with its awful secret on the bottom. I got in my truck and made my rounds. It was just another day with a few arguments about payments and a couple of complaints about walking on flowers, but nothing out of the ordinary. One woman said something green was floating in her milk, but I didn't see anything. Then, I was nearly back at the station, and there I saw a gaggle of police standing about. There was an ambulance. Even in the distance I could see the corpulent shape of Dwyer under the sheet. It was all so familiar. I remembered old man Billings, but this time at least it really wasn't my fault. I stopped the truck. I knew already that this was a turning point in my life, and I thought I might be able to slink away into the noonday gloom, but one of the milkmen spotted me. It's Howie, there he is! I never did find out how they figured out there was a dead man in the vat of milk, and I really didn't know how they figured out that it was my fault, even though it really wasn't my fault. I did a U-turn and gunned the engine. Driving back, I got a few blocks before seeing a milk truck following. I realized I had to go around. I turned down an alley, stopped the truck at an angle, got out and ran. The other milk truck turned around and crashed right into mine, since it was totally blocking the way. I ran back towards home, sometimes running, sometimes creeping and watching around the corners. It was really stressful, but my milkman training propelled me along. When I got close to home though, I peeked around the corner, and sure enough, there were Dola agents standing outside. I didn't know if Stormy was home, but I saw an agent coming out the front door. He spoke to the others, but I couldn't hear what they were saying. A cold sweat broke out on my forehead when I realized that if they'd found the blueprints, it would mean that they were going through my girl's underwear drawer. Stormy would be completely grossed out. But there was nothing I could do. There was really only one option for me. If I was going to clear my name and redeem myself, I would have to find the phlogisterian. I made my way as best I could downtown. I had no idea there were so many milkmen and Dola agents and police in Mingsbite. One of them spotted me, but I instantly knew what to do. Hey, stop! What? Howie Coxwell? No, I think I saw him run down there. You go that way and I'll cut him off around the corner. Okay. A lot of these milkmen were pretty dumb to tell you the truth. I kept zigzagging across town, danger under every footstep. I knew I couldn't wait around. The milkmen were everywhere. Whenever I crossed a street, as soon as I stepped off the sidewalk, I felt like I was falling into an abyss until I got to the next curb. I tried to dodge it, but ended right up in the old barber's shop. Whether I liked it or not, there I was, and I couldn't get out of that chair. 
The old barber, with his running pustules, got out his razor. He slapped it on the piece of leather, and his assistant, from behind, put the instrument into my mouth, a sort of cage that kept my mouth open. The barber looked down his nose at me, and then, as I tried to scream, he moved in with a straight razor and shaved my teeth, just a bit at a time. I struggled and hollered, but to no avail. It's got to be done, son. The blood was everywhere. His assistant used rags to clean it up and tied the rags to a spinning white barber's pole outside. The blood dripped everywhere. Get a bucket. But the bucket was soon filled, and then it was overflowing. The barber let me out of the chair and pointed to a tap on the wall. Turn it off. You turn it off. Only you can turn it off, boy. And so I did. And when I walked out of there, my teeth were lean and sharp, but at least they were still in there, not like so many of my dreams when my teeth just floated uselessly away from me. And if this was just a waking dream, at least I still had my dreams, unlike so many. I ran away from there, though, through a field of grain until I fell off the other side into some secret guardian's hand who sent me back to town. I ran my tongue along my teeth, which seemed better now, as I arrived at the pier. I scanned the area like an expert navigator and saw what I needed. A fisherman's skiff with one sail. That's all I would need. I undid the knots with expert knot-tying hands and hopped on. All my sailing experience came in handy now as I steered the boat out of the harbor. The wind picked up and caught the sail. I held the mainsail and headed out to sea. I studied the rudder as I looked back to my hometown. The sun was setting on Ming's bite, for all I knew, forever. I thought about Stormy, and in a moment of clarity, I knew she'd probably be okay, with or without me. But my destiny awaited somewhere off to the east. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.